Welcome. If you're a woman who has a sense that there's more out there for you, you're in the right place. I'm Whitney Baker, host of the Electric Ideas podcast. Somewhere along the line of working kids, life carried on, but I lost track of my truth. I'm on a reflective journey, and that's what this podcast is all about. Each week, I interview a woman who is lighting her own path and offering others hope. Before our conversation ends, we'll share a reflective question for you to explore. Sometimes all we need is a jolt, a fresh idea, an aha moment that connects us to a sense of possibility. This, my friends, is what I call an electric idea. Welcome back to Electric Ideas. Today's guest is Yolanda Canny, better known as Yo. Yo is somebody who was in leadership positions for more than 42 years. She received her MBA in 1978 when it was pretty rare for women to be in business schools. Her long leadership career in marketing spans from leading marketing efforts for Fortune 500 companies to startups. Yo often says her drive to achieve came from her Mexican-American roots, and she talks a lot about growing up in a bi-ethnic family where belonging could be a struggle. While Yo is recently retired, her plan for retirement is so inspiring. She says she's been given so many opportunities to lead by women who came before her, and now she just wants to pay it forward and help all women lead. So today, not only is she an adjunct lecturer at San Jose State University in the marketing and analytics department, but she also launched her own show called Girl Take the Lead a weekly podcast that explores womanhood and leadership from the perspective of different generations. I know you're going to leave this conversation feeling empowered, so let's get into it. Yo, welcome to the show. Thanks, Whitney. I'm just so excited to be here today. I'm thrilled to have you. So we are going to get into all things women and leadership today, and I'm really excited because we haven't touched on this topic much in this show, and You're going to have so much wisdom to share, I know. So I like to dive right in. So I'm going to start right here. You've argued that all women are leaders in their own way. Tell us more about that. Well, I think that women just being like every day, everywhere, in their homes, in their families, maybe in their work, in their community, we are called upon all the time to be leaders. So I don't think women need to see this as, well, I'm not the authority or I'm not in responsibility or I don't have this title. No, 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 no. We can all lead. And all it means is speaking up and using our voice to make a difference in someone else's life. And sometimes we are called upon to do big things. And sometimes it's the little things that make somebody's life a little bit better. But everything is available to us. And Brene Brown has this, she says that courage and fear are not mutually exclusive. And sometimes I think we hang back from being leaders because we're fearful, but it's normal and we can feel brave and we can be afraid (laughs) at the same time. And I think as women, I'd see that our purpose maybe is to step into that fear, to stand for other people. And that allows us to be more empathetic and compassionate in our life. You've played a lot of different leadership roles in your life. At what point in your own career do you feel like you were able to move through this fear and kind of 
allow yourself to fully shine. Did you experience that yourself? Sure. I think there's sometimes in life where Viola Davis talks about this in her book, uh, Finding Me, about looking at the giant in the room. And it could even be just a parent. It could be a teacher. It could be a coworker. It's looking the giant in the eye and standing in your own. And in my life, my father was a huge figure and he was a Marine who was used to having his way in his own home. And when he came into our home, he thought he ran the show. And there was a time where I had to say, no, your home is yours. Mine is mine and it's not yours. And I think we all have these moments of stepping up and having courage and speaking our voice in the face of a giant and moving ourselves forward through those. I love that reflection of looking the giant in the eye. And I just love this picture you're painting for me immediately. If I can reflect this back about leadership being more about stepping into our power and it doesn't have to be in any certain environment. It's not so restricted. Right. And you are bringing along your family or your people, your tribe, (laughs) however you want your team, you're doing it for them. It's not so much about you and your ego. You can put that aside. It's about stepping in to your own power because you are taking care of the needs of others and you almost can't stop it. It's almost like you are propelled by some kind of energy outside yourself. (laughs) And all of a sudden you are speaking in a voice that you just go, I don't know where that came from, but I had to say it. I had to do it. And I think those are huge moments in our lives when those things come up. Definitely. I mean, I think moving past that fear. And I love how you're saying it, it kind of lifts everybody's boats, right? I mean, you're not only serving the world, but you're showing other women what they can do, showing daughters what they can do. Right. And normalizing the fear Mm -hmm. because we think fear is weak, weakness, and it's something that we need to be ashamed of or run from. But when we speak into the fear, and we, we normalize it for the other people on the team or the way in which we're speaking about things like saying, oh my God, you must've been so crazy frightened. It's so great that you were able to do what you did or normalizing it for the family. Like, you know, it's okay to feel afraid. We're going to be okay. And that's the leader. That's the leader in us who are saying to our groups of people. It's okay. And we're going to be okay. We're going to get through whatever this is. That's how I look at it now. I love that beyond, you know, being a leader who normalizes, Hey, this is really scary, but I know it's right. And I'm going to step into it. What else do you think leaders who make the most impact? know? I think that they know how to be vulnerable and connect with others. They're very empathetic and they can presence compassion. That's when, you know, they show the humanness. It's not about power. 
it's about being a human being and connecting with other people. You know, Oprah says that the most prominent women leaders show the importance of honesty, courage, impact, and decisive action in leadership. And I think that's nailing it, right? Those people that have that, that can presence that, I think we follow them anywhere. I get that. I get what they're doing. I get how honest they're being, how vulnerable they're being. We forgive people when they're that vulnerable to us and just being completely honest and open. I agree there. I think that there is just a natural trust that gets pulled forth when someone is authentic enough to kind of give us a peek under the hood. So they're not put on a pedestal, right? They're humanized a little bit. Absolutely. And they, you know, they've got families, they've got their own ambitions. They have their own things that are going on in their life. Maybe they're suffering in some way too. It's all made present. I think that people view those leaders as somebody like me and someone that I can trust. And that's what I think we want in leaders is that trustworthiness. When you're working with somebody, you're trusting them with your career. You're trusting them with the hours of the day that you're giving them. You're turning that over to them that they're going to build your career. They're going to give you opportunities. They're going to invest in you. And when that happens, I think people trust that you feel inspired, you feel empowered, and you can take more on because someone's got your back. I know you're someone who advocates for standing in your beliefs and your values. I think something that women have struggled with in in my past professional experiences and even personal experiences is knowing that there's possibility for a change that would be good for anything from a school to an organization, but not feeling confident or like they have tools to bridge the conversation when they know that their belief might not be popular. What advice do you have there? Well, there's a few things I've learned along the way. One, I learned to always get more people in the boat with you. So that means that if I have an initiative that I really want to see come forward, I want to have suggestions from people who are senior leaders who are, I want to, I want to populate it. I don't want to just walk in kind of cold Turkey and expect people to understand what I'm trying to do. Taking time aside, having small groups, having one-on-one conversations with people to help them understand what I am trying to do. I think that's how you make change. People have to understand what it is, what my motives are, what I'm inspired by, what brings me to what I'm trying to put forward. And I think the way that you do that is connecting with others. So by that connection, it's building that trust that I'm actually trying to make this change for a totally good reason. And I want you to understand it, you know, using mentors, using a sponsor of some kind to just help advise like where the pitfalls are, who's going to probably not like what you're going to say, what they care about so that you speak into the common 
care that you both have perhaps about the issue that you're trying to make a change about. I think that's a really thoughtful reflection on a lot of levels too, because not only is it a chance for feedback, like you said, where maybe there's some, hmm, I think it shows just such genuine sincerity because if you give individuals a chance to be seen and know that you are know know your why and really get that buy-in from a place that feels like they have the light bulb moment and they get they get you and they get what they're doing then in my experience they'll become an advocate for you exactly i i think that's so well said Whitney it's almost like when you're trying to move something forward you want to find the barriers, the obstacles so that you can hurdle them and keep moving. And sometimes we call that being quote political, but I love to, for people to reinvent that. So it's not a, a judgment or a statement. It's more like, no, you're trying to understand the other. You're trying to understand where the other comes from. And that's where I think leaders can offer that empathy and that compassion and still lead in a different direction. That's really resonating with me too, because I think it's about intention and you're saying it could get into that. Some people would say the slimy political, like you're trying to sell something. And I, I would argue that maybe women have an in a foot, a shoe in on this, you know, this is one place where I think we can shine is going into that sort of environment with intention of it being reciprocal. Yes. So who inspired you to become a leader? Well, this is a great question because I reflected a lot on my life and there actually is research that shows some of the global leaders that have been women had fathers in their life who kind of gave them different alternatives than what was available to women at the time. So that's like a Hillary Clinton and, you know, just people who have that caliber and some of the research that's been done. And I had a dad like that who taught me so much. Like he uh, took me fishing, he took me backpacking and with both he and my mom made tremendous sacrifices. So I went to a good school and I just was given every opportunity I could to lead, to get beyond me, to feel uncomfortable, to feel like the first time I got on a horse, you know, like I could learn how to do things. It was that kind of inspiration. And I'm telling you, it never stopped going back to Viola Davis for a moment. She says that she feels like she's always been running, but it's just like her feet just stopped moving. And I sort of feel that way. Like I've always been leading <laughs> and all, you know, I was senior class president. I was, you know, sorority president. I top honors and always a high achiever and made it to the C-suite a couple of times. I just haven't stopped leading. It's like, it just keeps happening. I just keep doing it. And I just think it comes from all of those great opportunities I was given very young to step outside of myself and to see other women, especially in Campfire Girls at the sleepaway camps who were amazing to me. Like they were, they were confident, they were beautiful, they were 
just doing these, you know, using an ax and a hatchet and making a campfire. And I just was blown away by them. I think that, you know, and seeing women who loved horses and, you know, were horsewomen and strong and confident. I mean, it was just, I think that's what started this whole thing. <laughs> and I, I just continue to kind of enjoy it, study it more, you know, look at it. I love that you were given all these opportunities to just stretch and grow and expand and then see what it looked like to lead in lots of different ways. Yeah. And it's interesting to me that now you're in quote retirement and we'll get to that later. Cause I feel like you're not done. You're just in a, a second act now that your feet have rested a little bit. And you've had a chance to clearly reflect on your own leadership path. What wisdom about women's leadership is it most important to impart on your own daughters? I think the most important thing that I hope that they'll see about themselves is that they understand they have a personal brand and have a voice and that they listen to their intuition and trust it. So that's been very important to me to help them see themselves as their own person. Because throughout my career, I quickly learned in a male dominated field like consumer packaged goods was in 1978 that I was not going to advance. And so my strategy for my career was to go to different companies and learn as much as I could go as far as I could until the ceiling hit me. A couple of times I cracked through and was a, a senior vice president. And on the way up, I had to take a different path, which was I'm going to go over here and learn about this kind of marketing and become an expert in launching new products. So I was in kind of investing in me and who I was. And that insight is one that I want to carry on to my daughters, that they invest in themselves, that they look at what it is they need to learn and what they have passion for and what they love doing. Because that's what I did. I just, I fell in love with marketing in graduate school. I had been a psychology undergrad and here I was, I went to business school and talk about fear. That was like the most fearful thing. Walking into business school, USC, my Samsonite briefcase and looking very much like, don't talk to me. I'm too frightened. I I just put myself in a place of being terribly uncomfortable, but determined to do well. And it was a situation where in hindsight, I look at it and I oh, what a growth opportunity for me. And I just seized it, grabbed it and didn't let go. It was one of those things where I'd love for my daughters to be okay with being uncomfortable because they know who they are. They know their insides. They know who they are. And that's what I call a personal brand. Something that's really calming to me as you talk is just this lesson that I've learned in my own path too, that sometimes massive growth is on the other side of being able to tip past that fear tipping point, taking the uncomfortable leap and trusting. I just want to mirror that back to you a little bit, because that was a lot of goodness in there. So you 
want your daughters and really any women, you know, to be confident enough to step through their fear, to know that they have a voice worth sharing, to look at what they need to learn and maybe not have it be that for me, that was, that's really empowering to think about. Cause sometimes I think we come into employment opportunities or organizational opportunities, volunteering, being like, ah, oh, what, what are they wanting for me? What do I have to give? Like proving yourself. And it, it kind of is an, a subtle shift, but I'm with you on that of being like, Hmm, if this is my oyster, where do I need to insert myself for my own growth too? You can make it that as well. Yes, absolutely. I think the curiosity of learning is absolutely key to keep yourself motivated, to keep yourself empowered. It was something that I always kind of fell in my career that even though I wasn't being advanced as fast as I wanted, I was always learning and I had the capacity to learn. Like we wouldn't be podcasters, right? If we didn't have that capacity to learn and we keep improving, we keep, we keep looking at it. And that spirit of life is something that I would love for my kids to inherit from me. Well, you are certainly embodying it. And as I referenced before, post your formal retirement, you just had this amazing energy. I mean, I hope you don't, I've heard you say, you know, some people's retirement might be golfing somewhere on a coast and you're like, no, mine is to learn and teach. I mean, now you're teaching college courses you started a podcast and I'm just really inspired by your, your commitment to not only being a lifelong learner, but also being like, who cares about age? This is what's filling me up. You're just really living your truth and it comes across so much. Thank you. Whitney. Thank you. I want to circle back because the, the last piece that you said you wanted to share and pass forward to your daughters, but also is tied into this work that you're kind of beginning to explore now is this whole idea of a personal brand. Do you think that leaders have a personal brand, whether they're intentional about it or not? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Jeff Bezos says that a brand is what people say about us when we're not in the room. (laughs) So whether we like it or not, we have one. And it's not just leaders. I think, I think all of us as people, whether we're in a you know, recognized leader position or not, we all can have a personal brand. And I know we tend to think sometimes that's oh, just for influencers or these people. <laughs> no, 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 no. We can all do it. And I think it's important for a couple of reasons. One is that when we're aligned with our brand and who we say we are, we're like a tree in the forest in a storm that could come along and try and knock us around, but that tree is rooted. And I think we can be like that tree. We can be rooted in who we are. And that way, when we do get pushed around or somebody is telling us, you know, we get a a performance appraisal. It was so interesting to me when I went to retire and as I was leaving, I can't tell you the number of people that came to me and said, Yo, you were the most caring person I ever worked with. And I realized that had never shown up on a performance review ever, but that was my personal brand. That's how people saw me. People saw me as very caring. 
So I, I gave it some more thought and uh, did a little research around and kind of married the idea with how in marketing we look at positioning. Positioning is what makes us different, right? In the marketplace. So I thought, well, what makes us different as people? So there's like five questions that I have. And, you know, the first one is kind of like almost our demographics, like what makes you, you, you don't have a lot to say about it. So like, in my case, I was in marketing for 42 years. I have a Mexican American background. I have a millennial and a Gen Z daughter. So that's what makes me, me. And the next question is, what is your purpose? And so I looked at that one and I, I really looked at the question and I thought, I think my podcast and what I'm doing with my podcast about making leadership available to everyone is really a, my purpose. That's, that's why I'm here. That's why I've been given all of these opportunities in my life growing up and the experiences I've had, because that's my purpose is to share that with other people. The next question I ask is what is my mission? So mission being very different than what purpose is. Admission has to do with what we're passionate about. So if I'm passionate about my podcast and leadership, then really my mission is to look at maybe challenging the status quo of how we look at that and inventing a new way for us to view ourselves. And then the next question is, which is, you could probably guess the answer to this one, but what is your superpower? And for me, that was caring. When I got that feedback, I went, okay, that's what I do better than a lot of people, especially in business. I can care about my team. I can care about the results. I can care about top leadership and what they're trying to do. And I can help bring all of that together. And then the last thing is, why do you do what you do? What's your motivation? And I really see that when I thought about it, Training sessions in companies don't even get to talk about superpower or purpose or mission. It's missing. There's a huge void. So I wanted to step into that and fill it. So I think if my daughters could put all of these things together and write a little statement about who they are, maybe they'll be that tree in the forest that can handle those storms that come their way and they feel rooted. Thank you for this really nice offering. I feel like with these questions, you know, I'm a sucker for a reflective question. So you got me, but I would encourage anybody listening. I'm going to echo those back in case someone's driving. Think about it a little bit. So I'm going to say these back just to make sure everyone kind of got a chance to soak it in. What makes you, you, what is your purpose? What is your mission? And I love how you distinguished those. And I love that you're looking to challenge the status quo. It seems to me like you've really shifted into your mission being like, wow, I have all this beautiful experience and not everybody gets it to learn from this, but I want leadership to be accessible. You're giving it away, which I think is so beautiful. What is your superpower? Caring. Okay. Tell me the last one. Tell me the why. last one. It's the, why do you do 
what you do. Yes. Why do so you your do your motivation? You do? Getting that your favorite word, motivation. <laughs> yes, motivation. Okay. I know we're coming up on time, but this this just really struck a chord with me. I love that you're showing us how caring can be a superpower. I will share that in a past life in my corporate career, one of the biggest piece of feedback I had two years in a row from someone that I felt like managed me, but wasn't in a room with me that much, if that makes sense, was that I'm too kind. And I knew, but didn't have the words to advocate for myself in that moment that Yes, that's just, that's me being authentic. That's who I am for me to not be kind for me to act like I'm too cool or the unapproachable cold boss would not feel authentic to me. I'm just warm and curious and and that's how I'm going to be. But that doesn't mean that I am boundaryless. That doesn't mean I'm going to get stomped on or not stand up for my ideas or share my voice. So that was just an interesting reflection for me. I hadn't thought about that for a long time. I think that's a very admirable superpower. And I think if we changed performance reviews to reflect some of the values that we know are important in leading others, having empathy, caring, being kind, all of those things, it would make the workplace such a different place. I have hope, you know, I have, my daughters are uh, 28 and 25 and I see their companies and how the companies are responding to millennials and Gen Zers. And I'm so proud of Gen Zers. They, a lot of people underestimate them, but they're advocates, boy, and you don't mess with them. They can see through you. And if you're not keeping your end of the bargain, whether it's about inclusion, whether it's about flexibility in the workplace, uh, more time off, whatever it is, if you're not walking the walk, (laughs) they walk and they're not afraid to walk. Like in my day to be with a company for a couple of years was like, you know, you'd hear the headhunters say something like, oh, what was the problem? Mm. You moved around a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, these generations, they don't have that at all. And that's why we have this mass exodus right now of women in high leadership positions, because they're like, I don't need this. And they walk. Women are finding their way. They're finding their voice and you've got to, to deliver it. And so, I don't know, I think we need to have that vulnerability and that connection with others and that kindness, Whitney. Oh my gosh, we need that. Well, thank you. That felt, that feels hopeful. That's exact right word. That feels hopeful to me. And I'm, I'm glad. I mean, I think that's what all of us want for the next generation of women and they're the next and the next. So thank you. I always end my episodes with the same question. And that is what's one question women should be asking themselves more. I think definitely. What is your superpower? Love it. Okay. I know you have a link that we also will put in the show notes so that we can make sure if people want to explore those gorgeous questions you shared, they have a place to find it. But I think that people are going to want to hear more about your empowered perspective on women's leadership. So tell us where we can find you. 
So I have my podcast, which is Girl Take the Lead. And I also have a website, girltaketheleadpod.com. And you can find me on Instagram and LinkedIn at Yo Canny. And on Facebook, our Girl Take the Lead public Facebook group. You're welcome to come join us and talk about leadership. We love it. (laughs) Wonderful. Thank you for being here and inspiring us today. Thanks, Whitney, very much. I'm so glad you joined me today. If you're looking for more, feel free to connect with me on Instagram at at Whitney Woman. And if you enjoyed the show, I invite you to support me by leaving a review or sharing it with a friend. Hope you have an inspired day.